Welcome to Sisterhood Rising. We are your hosts, Cheyenne and Sav, and we welcome you into our circle where we share our real and raw experiences with all things womanhood. We believe healing happens when women gather, sharing and supporting each other through all of life's moments. Here, we will share everything from the mundane to the magical. So let's dive in, sister. Hello and welcome back to the Sisterhood Rising podcast. We are your hosts, Sav. And Cheyenne. And we are so glad you're here to join us today for um, our birth stories episode. Um, So in leading up to Mother's Day, we're going to be both sharing um, our birth stories. We're kind of splitting it up. um, And then right in the middle, right before Mother's Day, we're just going to do an all things motherhood episode to kind of break up our stories and keep things interesting. And as much as Cheyenne loves astrology... I love birth. Like, it's like the same, you know? So I am also really jazzed today because this is my jam. Um, And I think that there is so much importance in sharing birth stories. Um, Actually, initially, when Shine and I were speaking about, you know, what we wanted to do for a podcast, my initial interest was about getting women to share their birth stories because I feel like you don't hear... At least I feel like I didn't hear a lot of variation uh, before I went into a birth setting myself. Um, I felt like I was just hearing the same stories. And to be honest, the majority of the time I was hearing like trauma stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and now as a doula, I feel like um, this is because when people don't take the time to process their birth stories, all that they remember is the trauma. And that lens Mm -hmm. is all that they remember. Um, Because it's really hard when you're in that moment, in that big moment, whether it's labor, or whether it's something else big, or, you know, transitional in your life. um, Sometimes all you can remember is the bad things when you are the person going through it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's hard to see that like third party lens, um, which is why I think it's so cool Um, that I get to do what I do and why I think it's so important for people to talk about their birth and have time to process it um, after they have babes. So Cheyenne, you're going first this week. Um, Have you (laughs) written your birth story? Like, have you taken the time to process and and do all that jazz already? I mean, I'm sure you have because you drew it. (laughs) (laughs) I have. Um, When I was pregnant, I read the book, The Fourth Trimester. And that is one of the things that um, she talks about in the book is, you know, telling your birth, your delivery, your adoption story. It's such an important part of the ritual or like rite of passage of becoming a parent, a parent. And it's really a way to like, like you said, piece together the memories, make connections and like discover deeper understanding or meaning. And it's also a way to resolve any lingering or unresolved emotions. Um, so that was definitely something that I did, um, I think a few days after Link was born. And then I also told it on my Instagram stories. Um, and now I'm going to share it again here for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like you have always been fascinated by other women or other parents' stories. I just find it so it's a love story. Like it's so beautiful. And especially when I was pregnant, like I just couldn't get enough. I was reading everybody's birth story and it's just so educational and empowering healing. I love love that you did that because I think that that's the number one way when people are like, you know, I I don't know how to prepare for labor, da, da, da. Like I've Googled a bunch of things. I'm like, okay, first of all, get off Google because wow. Mm. Um, But there are so many books that are just well-written collections of women's birth stories. And Mm -hmm. honestly, like that's the number one way that like I've prepared myself for labor and that I recommend to other people because it is, it's a love story. It's a journey. It's different for everybody, but it's just so beautiful when it's like, written in a full perspective, right? Yeah. Um, that was, I read, I think it's Ina May's guide to childbirth or something like that. And it's just a collection of all of these women who have vaginally delivered babies on her, um, what is it like a midwife it's called the farm but the farm yeah, yeah. It's like a, they they live in like a co-op situation and then there's a bunch of like midwives that deliver babies and people come from like out of state even to come and deliver mm-hmm. on the farm and uh just reading that book I have goosebumps just thinking about it yeah. like just, it gave me so much like um belief in my body and like power in my body to 
undergo this process so that it like kind of erase some of the fear because, you know, all of these women could do it in, you know, the wilderness with little to (laughs) help. Like I, I could definitely do it. So it just was really reassuring. Should we do that? into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's start from the beginning. Um, so I knew immediately when I was pregnant, um, I had actually pulled tarot cards that indicated uh, like I was going to be pregnant in the immediate, in the immediate horizon. And um, I'm just very in tune with my body. And like my period was like one day late. And I was like, oh. <laughs> what you doing down there, boo? Um, <laughs> and oh God, I, uh, <laughs> um, I had a really easy pregnancy, and besides, like the six weeks of morning sickness, where I think the only thing I ate was like plain rice and bananas. Um, so easy, but, it was a breeze, <laughs> right? It was it was great. Um, but I was working full time. I was, you know, getting exercise. It was all very, I don't know, in quotations, by the book, um, non-concerning. And then I got laid off two months before my maternity leave. And because I was suddenly like sitting around at home and my diet changed, my movement changed, um, I I believe that contributed to what would end up being my midwife's concern that I was developing um, preeclampsia, which for those of you who don't know, um, preeclampsia is like character- characterized by high blood pressure, um, protein in the urine, swelling, and when it becomes severe, it can be uh, like cause seizures or strokes. Um, and it can be a really dangerous condition for mom and baby. I don't think they even know what the the actual cause of it is. I think it's something to do with like the vessels, blood vessels in the placenta or yeah, something later on like, in birth. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and the only the only exposure I had had to that was like in Downton Abbey, <laughs> where the one character, <laughs> spoiler alert, uh, where the one character has preeclampsia and she dies. Um, so that was that was <laughs> That was not comforting. Um, But I don't know. I just had this kind of like resounding feeling that all was good. Um, And that was only towards like the last like two weeks, maybe um, that it was a real concern. So um, we had gone back and forth about having a home birth. And then um, when you had Rhett, I decided finally to do a home birth because that was just a really beautiful experience. And it just like kind of hit it home for me that I was like, yep, that's what we're doing. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I didn't really have any like real birth plan other than like, I didn't want a C-section and I wanted to feel like I had control over my body and the decisions. Like as much, as much as you don't have control over your body, like I just, I had heard enough of the horror stories of like doctors kind of domineering the process that I was like, I, I need to feel some, some essence of control. Yeah. Um, and I was open to pain management methods if I needed it. So I go for one of my appointments right at the end of my pregnancy. And that's when the midwife got concerned about my blood pressure. Um, so she sent me to the hospital for testing. I did have small traces of proteins, um, along with other symptoms of preeclampsia, um, really bad swelling, vision changes, headaches, Um, and I didn't, I didn't have preeclampsia, but I was definitely on the track of developing it because I was presenting with nearly all of the symptoms. Um, so they were concerned enough to do a sweep to try and initiate labor just before it went any further. So got the sweep done. That was a fun process. And then, (laughs) uh, went home. There was like nothing for a day or two. And then, um, then I think, yeah, I had like one or two appointments and they were still concerned about my blood pressure, just kind of monitoring, waiting for labor. And then the day before he was born, I woke up in the morning with just like kind of a bit of cramping, inconsistent, like light contractions. Um, and I was like super calm about it. I just like laid in bed all day. And I think I watched like the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> um, 
just trying to like preserve my energy and just kind of chilling. Um, and I had a really nice lunch and I don't know why that lunch <laughs> so vividly like sticks what out did, in this whole process. I had like a, um, uh, like a butternut squash soup with oh, like fresh rolls. It was, she was good. Um, there's something to note about Cheyenne. It's that she loves fresh bread. Oh, <laughs> bread. <laughs> It's a love it's, affair it's, that can't be too emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I love my carbs. Um, so around like four in the afternoon, the cramps were increasing. Um, so I got in the bath like they tell you to do, except that it was <laughs> the most uncomfortable thing possible trying to sit in the bathtub because you're just like cutting off all circulation to your lower half. <laughs> Because you're just like at a 90 degree angle. Anyway, it was like really uncomfortable. Um, so I messaged Eric and I was like, maybe, you know, don't dilly dally on your way home from work. Um, and then around 630, they started to like pick up again really strong. Um, and I think that's when I started like messaging you and I was yeah. like, eh, you know, maybe we should think about you want to come down. Um, and I was just like bouncing on my ball on a towel this whole time, timing contractions. Um, and I think around like six or seven, I called the midwife. Um, so she came to check me out. I wasn't any more dilated than I was the day of the sweep, but she was worried about my blood pressure. So she wanted us to go to the hospital to get additional testing. So we started to get ready. And <laughs> it's so funny to note that this whole day, I didn't wear pants because I was so worried about my water breaking. <laughs> and then it's like, eight o'clock at night and I'm finally putting my pants on so we can go to the hospital sitting on the edge of my bed Eric makes me laugh and my water breaks <laughs> oh god <laughs> and so <laughs> so then um get in the car go to the hospital worst car ride of my entire life and <laughs> just so painful um get checked in, do some blood tests. And then we were just waiting for the test results, which took longer than usual um, for some reason. And I'm kind of glad that they did because otherwise they would have sent me home, which in retrospect, I'm kind of glad that they didn't um, because my pain level really increased during that time. Um, and I think you arrived somewhere in this oh, time yeah. period. Oh yeah, I freaking booked it. <laughs> she was like, well, yeah, like we're getting tracked and you know, we'll see. And I was like, I'm coming. <laughs> On my way. <laughs> Say less. <laughs> and I can still feel the feeling of you rubbing my feet during contractions. And just like, it was so comforting. And I remember having my eyes closed and then you stopped and I was like, where'd she go? Where'd she go? <laughs> Get back here. Where's my favorite um, lady? <laughs> and then I had wanted to go, I had wanted to labor in the tub. So poor midwife started filling the tub, which takes forever to fill. And um, before I went in, she checked my waters and there was meconium that had like flown, 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 <laughs> that had like <laughs> come out in the water, um, which is like the baby poop in, in utero. Um, so I wasn't allowed to go in the tub. So she wanted me to go to the bathroom and you sitting on the, <laughs> like the height of my discomfort was sitting on that toilet. Um, it was the most consuming pain I could possibly try to articulate. I <laughs> legitimately thought I was going to pass out just blinding pain. And <laughs> shortly after that, I asked for the epidural. <laughs> I think I think the way I worded it, I was like, so when can we talk about an epidural? <laughs> and uh, she said that we had to wait until I was like in active labor, which is like four or five centimeters, which I was. So that was a go. Um, got a, whoops, got a successful epidural about two in the morning, um, which was just night and day difference. <laughs> um, I remember opening my eyes and thinking, wow, this is like the first time I've opened my eyes in a while, just because I was like so closed off to the pain. Um, you were like then, zen, like you were like, because yeah. I had to leave when they did the epidural. And then 
when I came back in, you're just like, hey, how are you? And I was like, <laughs> damn, I'm great. How are you? And then you're like, how's Reddy? I'm like, he's great. He, we are chilling. Like, we just took a walk. We're strolling back. You were like, in peace. <laughs> oh, it, I, like, I, oh, night and day, night and day difference. And then it was just like a waiting game for me to dilate. So we just kind of like napped on and off between checks from the midwife. And I think they, they changed at some point in the night so they could get some sleep. Um, and then around, I think it was like 2 p.m. the next day, um, I started pushing. My midwife had called in the infant resuscitation team, which I think was because of the meconium in the water. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> which honestly, in the moment, I didn't even register. Um, like, at, at that time, the epidural was starting to wear off. So I was a little more like yeah. into my body and into the pain. Um, and I had like started pushing a first few pushes. So I was like totally unaware of it. I like heard the rush, but was totally unaware. There was um, like, and I just knew, there was I like, just knew he was going to be fine. So I was like, Hey guys. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like a more of a hospital protocol, but like there was like, yeah. 10 12 people in that room and then mm -hmm. eric and i and there was the a side. <laughs> and there was a student midwife that they asked if she yeah. could come in yeah so it was, was it was a party it was a party <laughs> um and honestly totally oblivious to it all and um they I were like gowned <laughs> Like were with they gloves. really? <laughs> yeah, like some of them were like gowned with gloves, and then there was like the baby cart people who had like the cart. They were all just like standing there watching you push. Like <laughs> they were ready. They were super ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, and within an hour of pushing, he was born, and that's like about it. And I remember they put him on my chest, and I think all I could say was, "Oh my god," because <laughs> it was just like. Like, I didn't even register that there was a baby there. It was just like, it's done. It's over with. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, the relief. <laughs> and then I was, like, trying to look down at him. And I couldn't see because he was, like, all curled up. And I was, like, I think the pictures you took of me, I'm, like, super double chin because I'm, like, trying to look at him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that um, that's about it, to be honest. <laughs> so what part of... um what part of your labor was like the hardest for you to kind of remember? To remember. I feel like I remember it all pretty vividly. Um, Cause I don't think I ever got to like the deep part of transition without the epidural because like I had the epidural. And so I don't think I really got into that mental yeah of like totally zoning out um like there was it was very much I don't know I remember you saying one time that birth is like very much a mental game and I totally agree like your body knows what it's doing like it's running the show and you're just along for the ride and like looking back I realized I was totally in autopilot um so my focus was really blurry but like I was aware. Yeah. That's so awesome. like I didn't like because my eyes were closed the whole time. Like I don't, I don't know. I was just kind of like floating in there. Like I was aware, but not aware if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and when you like first reflected back on your labor, mm -hmm. what did you feel? Like were you just enjoy or like, you know, was it confusing for you? Like what was the emotion there? I think my initial thoughts were like that that was nothing like I expected and yet it was everything I expected. Like it was, it's so funny to go into something so prepared and like then be experiencing it. Yeah. Despite like all of your preconceptions or whatever. Um, and I don't know. I just felt really like content with the experience. Like I was like that, it was a really positive experience. And 
yeah, I just felt like really, really content and really blessed feeling like I had a smooth, I guess, delivery. Yeah. And he was a handsome devil when he came out. (laughs) I can't say the same about all newborns, but he was pretty cute. (laughs) So much hair too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually, when I was, I think when I was like getting ready to push the midwife, she like checked me out and she was like, I think he's going to be a redhead. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out the redhead didn't stay, didn't stick for long though. He's all blonde curls now. Yeah. Yeah. He did look pretty fair though. Mm-hmm. So sweet. All right. Should we do a switcheroo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess in the hopes of like kind of chopping up my birth stories, um, we are going to do my birth with Theo right mm-hmm. now. Um, all of my births were very different, like very, very different. Um, Mm -hmm. and I will say that I remember Theo's the least (laughs) because I felt like it was just so chaos, but, um, Mm -hmm. I'll start at the beginning. Um, we found out that we were having Theo like kind of really early, like really, really early because at the time I was having some health issues. So I had like, um, blood work and stuff that I was doing for like my family doctor. And then we ended up finding out that I was having Theo. Um, so that was fun to know extremely (laughs) early and have to like kind of wait. Um, I think I told like you and that was it (laughs) Mm -hmm. for like a really long time. Like it felt forever. I feel, I don't know. I felt like I was keeping that a secret for a while. Um, but like Cheyenne, like, I don't know. I feel like my pregnancy was pretty normal. Um, I mean, I glowed, you know, I I felt like I was rocking it. I was rocking that bump. Um, I was nauseous basically every single day until my third trimester. So that was probably the glow from the sweat. Um, And then I was mostly like, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have any swelling. Like I literally, I had nothing. I had like no hair loss. Like, first of all, my hair was gorgeous. So that was great. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost it all after. So don't worry. I am also (laughs) bald like everybody else. Um, and then I feel like I just mostly dealt with a lot of like tiredness. Like that was like the only like big health factor I feel that came into play with my pregnancy. I just like needed to nap all the time and like Mm -hmm. eat donuts all the time. I don't know. (laughs) Those are my only two like real things with you. Um, and then kind of, I, I was with an OB, um, in Niagara area here where we were living at the time. Um, and I honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, at this point, I was obviously, I, I wasn't a doula yet. I didn't know anything about birth. Um, I didn't have like, really like a mom figure, parent figures, people in my life who had had babies. Um, and I was 20, what was I, 21? I was 21 turning 22. So like, none of my friends had babies either. I, mm-hmm. Only one of my friends had a baby. So I didn't know like, I didn't know where to go to get like information. I didn't, I just didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had found my OB. I literally like Googled OBs in the area. (laughs) And when I called, I was like, Hey, like I'm looking for an OB. And they're like, where's your family doctor? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) They're like, you need a recommendation. I was like, okay. (laughs) Like I I literally just went to the clinic down the street and made them like refer me out. Anyways, it was just, yeah, chaos. But I, I got an OB. Um, it seemed fine. I think that the, like now knowing what I know, my meetings with my OB, first of all, you'd have an appointment that was at like one and you wouldn't actually go in to see them until like two. So I don't know if that was just like my office, but like it was like an experience waiting for my appointment. And then when I was in there, I was only in there for like, I don't know, five minutes. Like I felt like it was so quick. Like we didn't really cover anything. And I felt like, um, there was a lot of frustration there because I felt like he was speaking to me like I already knew what I was doing. Like when he'd talk about the tests, he didn't like explain them or anything. He'd just be like, okay, now we're doing this test and you know, you got to take the recommend, um, the recommendation, whatever it is, the paper for this other blood work. And he just spoke about it. Like I knew what I was doing. And when I asked questions, I felt like an idiot because he like didn't really explain it. Um, so 
a few of my like later appointments I had to bring Chris in because I was like help me like help me like translate what he's saying like I have no clue and he was even more confused than I was so that was no help (laughs) um and then as we were approaching my due date um I was at one of my last appointments and he had kind of said like we we literally did the whole appointment and then at the very end he was like so I'm going on vacation and I like (laughs) had panic like my due date was like at the end of the week like why was he going on vacation I was like literally about to cry and he was like if you want your baby like if you want me to deliver your baby you're gonna have to get induced and I was like okay, like, what if I don't get induced? He's like, then you'll just have whichever doctor is on call that day. And I was like, what the frig? Like, (laughs) this is not okay. Like, this is my first baby. And I want you to be there because you've been here the whole time. And I was just so uncomfortable. And he was like, but I can do the induction for you if you want. Um, You know, we'll just do it Friday. I my appointment was like Monday or Tuesday. And it was my due date was the Friday that week. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, whatever it's his due date, let's just do it. And he's like, okay, so we'll book you in, Um, you know, nurse will give you a call. And then I went home and I just cried for like ever because I was so confused. And I was like, I felt like because we had booked an induction, I was like hyperventilating because I'm like, Mm -hmm. now I know exactly when my baby's coming. And now I feel unprepared, even though I was literally the most prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just felt so flustered all that week. And then the Friday morning... I'm saying Friday, but it might have been Saturday. See, too long ago. Anyways, that morning, uh, we woke up. We called the hospital like we were supposed to. They said they'd call us back when they're ready for us. They called us back and told us to come in for like 11 or something like that. So we went in. And when we arrived in labor and delivery, they said that they didn't have room for us. (laughs) And I was like... Okay, but you there was asked no me. room for you in the inn. <laughs> Literally. And as a first time laboring mom, I was like, you asked me to come in. What do you mean there's no room? I was literally so, so confused. They had us sit in like the waiting room for like an hour. And then they got us into like a triage room. And she like checked my cervix very aggressively. And I was like, this is hella uncomfortable. Thank you so much for that. And then they gave me like they had put um it's basically this like little white pill and it goes up there and it like dissolves over time and helps ripen your cervix um and they put that in and they were like okay like now you can just kind of hang out and I was like great (laughs) this sounds awesome and she's like we'll kind of tell you when we have a room for you so I honestly I don't even remember what we were doing did I call you at that point I feel like we called you after all of that happened yeah you were kind of like keeping me updated and I think I was like we can be there if you want us to be there like we can come and you were like there's I'm nothing literally happening. sitting in a waiting because Chris and I were literally sitting in a waiting room in the hospital like mm-hmm. we weren't even in a room so I was like what is the point of this? Like, why are mm-hmm. we here? And then, um, I don't know. Eventually, they had a room open. Um, and once we got into that room, they said, but we're short-staffed. <laughs> and I was like, what on earth is happening in this hospital? It was a brand new hospital. And it was just like, I don't know. Apparently, everybody was having their babies that day. Um, <laughs> but they, like, put a stint in to, like, stop like my progress because they were short staffed. (laughs) So that stayed until like seven o'clock or something. And at this point you guys had come, you guys were hanging out in the room with me for like Mm -hmm. the majority of that time. The boys were playing board games. I could have killed them. (laughs) I was trying to like walk around. I don't, I don't even remember what we were doing, but I was like walking back and forth to the bathroom literally the whole time. Um, And then they're like, okay, like, this isn't going to be your labor room. Like, we're going to put you in a different room to labor. Like, this is like a recovery room. And I was like, okay, like, I guess we're moving. So don't get comfortable in here. And then, I don't know, eventually, all of a sudden, they had like, enough nurses, they put everything back into motion in my body. (laughs) And that's when it like, it honestly, it hit me like a freaking train. I was like, Oh my God. Cause it was, it came on so hard, so fast. Cause I had literally been sitting with it all day. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what they did. I couldn't even, 
even as a doula, I can't tell you what chemicals they put inside my body. Like I was not paying enough attention. They were just like doing stuff. And I was just like following along. They had put the IV in at that point and they hooked me up. Um, and it was very strong, very quickly. It was like waves. Like I felt like my whole body was hot. I was like trying to sit. And then I remember not being able to sit. Um, and I think you were pushing my little cart, <laughs> my little IV cart back and oh, forth okay. because I was going to the bathroom because mm-hmm. I didn't want to sit down, but I didn't feel like I could walk around. So I was like, maybe if I just keep going to the bathroom, like they'll leave me alone kind of thing. <laughs> so I kept trying to like go to the bathroom and I'd sit down, I'd like trickle and then I'd like walk back out to the bed <laughs> and then I'd try to like lay down. I remember you were sitting on my left side and I was like trying to lay down, try to stay still, but they were so strong. I was like, in in like squirming, so uncomfortable. Um, and I dilated really quickly, obviously, because they were, the contractions were just that strong. Um, and then all I remember from there was that it was like push time. Like I was like desperately wanting to push and they were like, no, you should still have some time. And I'm like, no, ma'am, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now I've dilated. Like I'm, I'm done. Like, you know, I'm ready. Um, and then they checked and I was fully dilated. So that was great. Um, and then I remember being so frustrated because I didn't want to push on my back. And I don't know, she said something along the lines of like, my doctor, like my OB wouldn't come in if I didn't like lay down on my back. And I was so upset because in our appointments, I'd talked to him about like the beds, the hospital beds, they drop. So I wanted to like use the squat bar and just like squat and sit up and, and push him out. And I was so upset because she said that. And I don't even know how she worded it, but I was like, this fucking sucks. And then I just felt so upset. <laughs> um, so then I remember laboring on my back and like ready to push. And what did I do? Oh, they told me to grab my legs. And I was like, I can't reach my legs. I'm like, my belly is so big. And I'm like, I am just not that flexible. Like I cannot. She was like, grab your heel. I'm like, no, ma'am, you grab my heel. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember Cheyenne had one heel, I think, and Chris had the other heel. And this is where I killed Cheyenne. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) She held my leg for so long. Woo! <laughs> the biceps on this gal after this y'all <laughs> it's so funny to this day I feel guilty about it <laughs> um, and I think had had you asked for the epidural and they like it didn't yeah. come soon enough is that yeah, this so, labor yeah so in my transition I was like because remember I was like panic walking back and forth between the you bed were. And the bathroom, I was like, literally, I was sprinting back and forth between there. Like, I felt like I wasn't even sitting. And that's like the what I remember the most, like vividly out of this entire labor. And Mm -hmm. I literally looked at Chris, I remember when I was trying to sit in that bed and trying to like, just sit down and lay down. I was looking at him. I'm like, get me an epidural. I was like, get it. I was like, I don't care. Because I didn't really have like a birth plan. I figured like I wanted to try as natural as possible. But like, again, like I wasn't really opposed like um, in any of my labors, I wasn't really opposed to like getting an epidural or whatever. Um, and I remember turning to him and being like, get it right now. And he's like, okay, I'll ask. I was like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> right now, you're not freaking understanding me. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, I'll ask. Um, and then they came in and said, like, by the time they said, like the guy had other people to do and then he'd come. Um, and I had progressed so quick that by the time he was walking in the door, I was like, that was right when she had finished checking me and I was already fully dilated. So it was too late. Um, So yeah, didn't get that. (laughs) But that was definitely like, yeah, my crazy transition was walking between the bathroom and yelling about an epidural. Um, And then, yeah. And then I pushed, I remember because I had done Google research which is obviously the best research I could have done for my first labor. <laughs> um, and I remember them like Google talking about ring of fire and everybody was commenting about mm-hmm. ring of fire. And I was like, that's, that's what I have to look out for. You know, like there's going to be a ring of fire. And I'm like, <laughs> and I remember feeling like when he was crowning and like the so-called ring of fire. And I was like, this doesn't really feel burning. And I was trying to like figure out, I remember in my head, cause they had told me to stop pushing. And I was like, this does burn, but it's like a different burn. And I remember like in my head trying to figure out what kind of burn it was. 
<laughs> and not quite like getting it. I'm like, it's not fire, but it's like a, it's like a tingle. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then I remember pooping, first of all. <laughs> so uh, yeah, everybody does it. Don't worry. Um, I, <laughs> I remember doing it, but they like the nurses were like on it, like they were like oh, all yeah. over it, like yeah. it was gone in like a hot second. And I remember being like. I smell poop. And I was like, it's me. I pooped. And then I was like, oh, no, I shouldn't have had that bagel this morning. (laughs) And they didn't let me eat all day because I had like, because I don't know, they told me not to eat all day. So I was like Mm -hmm. starving. And I was like, no, I should have ate that bagel. And then I looked at Chris. I was like, did I poop? And he's like, no, babe. (laughs) And I was like, good man. (laughs) To this day, if I ask Chris if I pooped when I was in labor, he'll say, I don't think so. And I'm like, it's been five years. You can stop lying to me now. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely did. I know I did because I smelled it. And um, and then, yeah, and then I pushed and I pushed him out. But I remember at the end, um, right as he like his head was out, but his body was coming out. I was waiting for my next contraction. And the doctor was like, as I was pushing, he was like, whoa. And I was like, what the frig is that? <laughs> Don't say that while I'm trying to push a baby off. Um, and then it turns out later it was because he had an arm by his face, like holding his face. And then right as he was coming out, he like put his arm straight up. So he <laughs> like, it. yeah, he supermaned it right out and like ripped my hoo-ha. So that was great. Um, yeah. And that's basically all I remember of my labor. I remember right after... I was more focused on Theo because they had like they had put him on my chest, but then they like clipped him, rubbed him and like moved him away. And I hated that because I was like, mm-hmm. it was literally like a hot minute. And it like really bothered me that they did that. But it was like I could see him. He was like right like the incubator or whatever those weight mm-hmm. scale things uh, was like right beside the bed. And I could see Chris with him. So I was like kind of OK. But then uh, while he was on there, <laughs> um my OB was like really trying to force my placenta out, which I hated. They were, he was like pulling on the umbilical cord that was oh. attached to my placenta and pushing my stomach down at the same time. And I remember Ugh. I'm like, this is literally so much pain. Like this is more, I'd rather push him out again. Like it was so bad. Um, but it like, I don't know. He yanked it out. So that's great. Um, and then I remember the stitches when he was doing my stitches, Mm. my freezing like didn't take. Um, And he had asked and I was like, not really like I can still feel it. And he still stitched. And I remember feeling every single stitch he put in. And I was like, Oh my God, it was an experience. Um, But he was born at night, which was kind of blessed. I like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because after everyone kind of got out of the room, we ended up birthing in that uh, recovery room so we were allowed to just stay in that room which was really nice um and we were able to just like go to bed and everyone left us which was super nice uh because it was like almost midnight by the time he came out so um yeah that is Theo's birth story <laughs> um it's definitely one of I'd say one of the reasons like why I became a doula because I felt like I just didn't know what the heck I was doing and I mean I feel like a lot of parents feel that way when they are first having babies and then I also felt like in my situation um, there was a lot of like strong arming that like didn't need to happen and happened very easily because I didn't know that I had options Um, and to be honest in the end I felt really taken advantage of because I'm like I feel like I would have had a really different experience Um, not even necessarily that that was a bad experience I've you know, witnessed and heard about a lot of really bad induction experiences. Um, And it turned out very well uh, for an induction and um, he was healthy and all that jazz, but I just felt like it was all about that like choice aspect, right? Like, or Mm -hmm. that like feeling like you have a little bit of control of like your body. Like I felt like I had none of that even leading up, like even in my appointments uh, during my pregnancy, I just literally felt like I did not know what I was doing. I didn't feel empowered at all. And honestly, I feel like that's probably part of the reason why I struggled so hard in postpartum was just that aspect of like, 
initially looking back at my birth, first of all, I didn't process it with anyone right after, um, which I felt like was a bad idea. Um, And then initially when I was recalling my labor, I didn't feel empowered in any of those things. So I felt like I was doing like a really shitty job and that I, you know, I had a shitty labor and I like didn't do it right. And then I felt like I, I don't know, it kind of like translated into feeling like I couldn't take care of him and like, just like a really rough postpartum period. And then also I didn't get a lot of breastfeeding support when I was in hospital. Um, So my first few weeks of breastfeeding Theo, I was like, I remember this, like, you know, that like toe curling pain. If you guys are parents, you know what that's like. But I remember sitting in the rocking chair in his bedroom, sobbing and screaming for Chris to come and help me. And just crying, 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 because I was like, like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I was like, it's literally burning. Like, I would rather, I don't know, experience anything else than experience that, like, toe. And I remember being, like, on the edge of the rocking chair, toes curled, like, body constricted, because, like, I couldn't, I couldn't relax because it hurt so bad. And he was, like, YouTubing, like, how to get a proper latch. And we were, like, trying to watch the video and trying to, like, put him on. And then Chris was like holding him, trying to put him on my boob. It was like freaking chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the fourth day or something, the public health nurse was like checking in on us or doing like a check or whatever. And she was like, oh, how are things going? I'm like, honestly, horrible. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I was like, I like uh, my breasts are bleeding everywhere. He's like pooping blood, my blood, because <laughs> he's drinking it. And I'm like, it's not going well. I was like, so unhappy with all of it. And she was like, okay, like, did you want us to come in and like, you know, do like a home check? And I was like, no, I was like, leave me alone. Because I just felt at that point that they had let me down so Mm -hmm. much. I'm like, I remember saying in hospital, like, okay, this is it. Like, they're just gonna let me take this baby home. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? And even though I had done a lot of research, and I had done a lot of reading, and I took all the, you know, prenatal classes, the breastfeeding classes, I took all of those, like, I had a lot of information. And I still felt like I didn't know what I was doing. So um, yeah, and then I had a lot of postpartum depression, (laughs) um, which took me like years to figure out. So um, yeah, I just think that there's a lot of room there where I could have been maybe more empowered as a first time parent. And I unfortunately didn't get that opportunity. However, in the end, I had a pretty good recovery. Like even though I had stitches, um, I feel like my recovery went pretty well. And he, Theo had, has always been a really healthy baby. He was always gaining weight, no problem. There was at first there, oh yeah, I forgot all about this until I literally <laughs> talked about it. Um, when they were first trying to discharge us, they were measuring his bilirubin to see if he was jaundiced or not. And they had, they had concerns. So that first night when I was home, they had me breastfeeding and supplementing formula, which was also part of the chaos and screaming for Chris in the middle of the night, because I was like, how am I supposed to in the middle of the night breastfeed and supplement formula and Mm -hmm. burp him and change him and put it back to bed and sleep. I was like, and then I told Chris that after like, a day of doing it, I told him, I was like, we're not supplementing with formula. I was like, if he has a severe increase, like decrease in weight, then we'll figure it out. But I was like, we're not doing this. This is wrong. Um, and then I remember going back to get a second Billy Rubin test to like double check in a few days and see what it's, you know, what his levels were. And she was like, Oh, he's fine. You can stop supplementing with formula now. And I was like, yeah, cute. Cause I haven't been supplementing with formula this whole time. First of all, So thanks for the advice. And she's like, I wonder why they had him tested. I was like, I don't know. Like they just said that he needed to be tested. And she's like, well, he was like kind of on the cusp, but she was looking at me and she's like, what's your nationality? I'm like, I'm Indonesian. Like I was born there. And she's like, "Um, yeah, I don't know. Like they probably could have like gone without, you know, sending you just because Indonesia is like Southeast Asian country. And like our babies are naturally a little bit, high in Billy Rubin. So I was like, great. Thank you so much for taking my nationality into account when you were caring for me and my baby. <laughs> like I was just so upset about that whole experience. It was bad. 
<sighs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> a lot of things that happened. <laughs> Damn. <clears throat> but I feel like all of my, yeah, all of my labors were like really drastically different. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole first experience just really pushed me like that's what really pushed me into like helping other women through labor because there's just a lot that can happen and I don't know I feel like we need more people on team women <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure yeah. um, do you think going into your consecutive labors was there like any like emotional or physical overhang that you kind of like took into those labors from this or like 3000 (laughs) percent. I mean I know the answer is going to be obviously but Um, I remember and like I'll I guess talk about this more um when I do RT's birth but like I remember going into RT's labor being like I know I can't push this baby out because I felt like I like I felt like Mm. I couldn't do it already and I'm like I'm not even in labor yet or like I just started labor and like I I knew I couldn't do it. And I knew that pushing the baby out was coming and I I felt so defeated already. So I remember vividly like talking to Mm -hmm. myself in my head being like, okay, I understand that a part of your head is telling you that you can't, but you can do it and you need to do it because this baby needs to come out. And I like, I remember having like coach myself in my head Mm -hmm. um, while I was pushing him out because that was like a huge thing for me um, in my first labor was like, (laughs) Also, it was like a coached push, right, Um, with the OB. So, like, um, you know, they literally were like, okay, push. Okay, stop pushing. Okay, push harder. And, like, they were, like, telling me the whole time. Whereas the second time, it was an uncoached push. So, I, like, didn't even know that, like, I was – I could just do it. You know what I mean? Like, I I didn't (laughs) even know that I could just do it by myself. Um, So, yeah, those two. um, And then also – I felt more empowered going into my second labor because I had experienced everything um, already. So I kind of knew what I was doing. I knew what I was getting into postpartum with like breastfeeding. I knew that I was probably going to have like residual, like, I don't know that it was going to trigger my postpartum depression again. Like I knew that all of that was coming. Um, So that part of it, was good because I could like mentally prepare myself. I could like mentally prepare Chris for it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still just didn't prepare me for it happening again. Um, and then also I feel like a, on a positive note, because of everything that happened in my first labor, I felt like I was more kind of skeptical when like it, during my second pregnancy or labor, like they were telling me things and I, I felt more empowered to be able to be like, no, thanks. Like, I don't want to do mm-hmm. that, you know? And that part of it was nice. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of lessons learned for sure. Um, It's so <laughs> about the ring of fire. That's so <laughs> funny. I, I literally remember the same thing. <laughs> and I remember it being like, really like a lot of pressure but I felt more of like a burning at the top and I was like I better not freaking rip my clit like that's what what it felt like and I was like what is happening I you know what I in hindsight I look at it okay this is TMI but have you guys ever used like the fire and ice lube that's what it feels like it's the fire and ice lube that's, it's just like oh, it's like a right. like a pins and needles. You know what I mean? It's not fire. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and then one oh, I remember too when I was pushing him out, you know, in all of the videos, well, I guess in any of the videos that I had seen, you like get the head out and then all of a sudden they just like floosh yeah. into the water or like into whatever. Yeah. And I re- I remember I don't know. I had pushed some part of him out and I was like, and I remember thinking, (laughs) I remember thinking, okay, go (laughs) like, and then I had to like, I don't know. It was like, there were too many stop and starts. I was like, okay, his head out. Shouldn't he just like floosh? But you had to like, stop, get a shoulder out, you know, get the other one. And then like, 
Yeah. But I was like, where's the where's the floosh? Yeah, he did not floosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> um and then uh can we talk about for a second the process of meeting your doctor for the first time and how confusing <laughs> that is? Because like you said, like you just Googled your OB. You just Googled. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like I knew that I wanted a midwife, so I like sent them my application Mm -hmm. and I had my first appointment and she was like, so have you like seen your family doctor? Like what was your first ultrasound? Like what was your dating scan? All of this stuff. And I was like, I, I peed on a pregnancy test and now I'm here. Like, (laughs) like I hadn't, I hadn't done any of like the official confirmation testing, I guess. Um, and, and so it's like, it's just, it's just so, it is open from the beginning. Yeah, it is kind of chaos. I guess I guess it is different for people who have a consistent family doctor. Yeah. Um, so at the time when I was having Theo, I didn't like I didn't have a family doctor. We had I called him my family doctor, but he was literally like this clinic doctor that we went to consistently. <laughs> like mm-hmm. um and that's who I was getting all like that testing and work from when I was like not feeling well. Um Yeah. And so I I didn't go to him as my family doctor because he was just the clinic doctor. Right. So I kind of did the same thing. I kind of just called him and I was like, Hey, like I'm pregnant and I need a doctor, you know? And they were like, the, actually the initial person that I called was even like, no, like we're not taking any clients. Try this guy. And I was like, great. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Um, and he was like way further away. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was just chaos. Cause you just like try to go into this office and like, you don't really know them. You don't know what to expect, but they talk to you like you've been doing this all your life. And I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is it for this week's episode. Um, next week, we are going to talk all things motherhood um, in preparation for mother's day. Give your moms a hug or some flowers because she pushed Lord knows she needs it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're, yeah, we're just going to be covering topics like um, postpartum period um, and just all the mom things, mom guilt, mom shaming, the judgment, you know, <laughs> the life, the things. Um, if you haven't checked out the Etsy shop yet, um, we dropped a new sweater, our astrology sun sign sweater um, in time for our astrology episode last week. Go and check it out. So that's it for this week. And until next week, remember that we love love you. you. Why do we take, why do we pause so long? I don't know. (laughs)